All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rise Up For You Workplace Solutions Podcast. This is season one of 2022, and I'm super honored to have Rajiv Kapoor with us today. How are you doing, Rajiv? Fantastic, Nada. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Super excited to talk with you today about the Great Resignation, which is still happening, which we know started towards the end of last year coming into 2022. But before we jump in, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are in your own words. Yeah, no, thank you very much for having me again. I'm delighted to be here. It's an honor. Who am I? Jesus, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not a very complicated guy. You know, I, I'm just a guy who, uh, who run, I'm currently running a uh, private equity backed B2B media and marketing company. And it's uh, for like the last seven years, it's been a great ride. And I've got an amazing team who's just every day surprised me with some amazing, uh, amazing leadership qualities that they have. And uh, prior to that, I, I was CEO of a couple of different companies. And prior to that, I was an executive at Dell for a long time. And so kind of been all over the map, primarily a tech geek and nerd. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I'm here in Southern California. It's a little cloudy today, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, it's been, it's, it's been great. And, uh, and recently I became a best-selling author, which I know we'll talk about later. And so, Fantastic. yeah, no, a, a lot of experience in this space. And we're really excited to talk to you about the topic because we're doing a lot of great things here at the current company I'm running. And uh, we're really excited for being on with you and talking about well, whatever, what others can do. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, Yes, brag about yourself as much as you want because you have a pretty extensive background in executive roles and leadership in some pretty prominent companies. And, uh, you know, I think that leadership is changing rapidly every single day, what it means to be a leader, how to engage personal leadership. So I want to dive into the great resignation and how to make the shift so that we don't have employees resigning. And so that we can keep a positive reputation in the workplace. I think there's quite a few individuals that are making the leap into self-employed entrepreneurship, which isn't a bad thing. And the corporate culture is getting a bad rap. And I actually think that both are very necessary. I think many individuals should be in the corporate workplace and others you know, should do the entrepreneur thing. But I do think that it's getting a bad rap and I'd love to hear your thoughts on leadership so that we can enhance culture once again. Yeah, no, absolutely. So look, here's the thing now that look, I mean, this, what's happening right now is really not, not all that surprising to me. Right. And I think if you look at the, if you look at the numbers, what the numbers tell you is, and Dwight did a study on this, 80% of CEOs say that culture is really important to them, but only 10% actually do anything about it. So this is kind of a reckoning that's been coming. But look, all these things tend to go in a little bit of a cycle. Right now, it's a very employee-centric cycle. Who knows what happens in the future? It might become a bit more of an employer-centric cycle. I don't know if it's ever going to swing back to being a full employer-centric cycle, just because there's too many other headwinds that are out there that are really kind of causing the, the causing the great resignation. So first, you understand what's causing the great resignation, right? It's various different things, right? You have the pandemic is causing is, is a big issue. We've uh, we, unfortunately there's been a lot of people that have passed away from 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 the pandemic. You have um, obviously an immigration slowdown, people coming into the country. You know, there's not enough jobs, not people to fill some of those entry level jobs. You know, you know, and what's happening then are those people that are doing the entry level jobs are getting promoted up, right? So it's leaving kind of a little bit of a vacuum, right? So you have some of those things. You have childcare policies for for women 
who now have to stay at home because maybe there might be some issues related with childcare, with the pandemic and other things. Now that hopefully is going to be loosening up. So it's preventing them from maybe getting back into the workplace as much as they want to see, right? But then, so if you take all these kind of factors and kind of put them all together, it boils down to the fact that what employees really want to see from their employers, what they want to see from their CEOs is this idea that I kind of coined more of something called enlightened leadership. So we're all familiar with servant leadership, which is, hey, now that I'm here to support you, whatever you need, I'm going to help do whatever I can to make you know, you know, your life at work great, right? But to me, it's more than, they want more than that. They want to be able to look at their CEOs because there's they are the people that they really want to trust. They want to say, look, what can you do to help me outside the walls of the business as well? And that's that concept of enlightened leadership and building upon that. And being able to build on those kinds of things becomes really important. So, for example, I think work and culture needs to shift. Work is going to start to shift to become anytime, anywhere, any place. I have a lot of them, my employees. I have employees recently that a couple of employees that just from California moved to Florida. I have one employee that went to Oklahoma not, not, not too long ago. I have an employee that, you know, that, that went to Arizona. So, in, you know, but they're finding that they can get their job done. And, and I'm finding out that we've had two amazing years in a row, even in the middle of COVID. And and the job's getting done. We're, we're a vassal. We, we become more of a much more of a remote-based company. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could see my employees more often, but they're loving it, and I'm supporting them. And you know, and to be a great CEO and to be a leader to understand what's happening, you have to have a be able to be really flexible. What would you say? You know, because I I hear what you're saying, and I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit because I think sure. that you know that that helps. So. Where is the line of, you know, shifting this culture to enlightened leadership, which, you know, I'm on board. I understand the flexibility, the adaptability when it comes to leaders and then too much entitlement from the employee, for example. So now, you know, there's gas that they want to be compensated for. There's jobs that really do require you to be in office, maybe manufacturing. It's hands on. And that's starting to see a lack of employees, right? They're finding different industries that where they can stay at home. So, I mean, where is that line of, yes, being enlightened and creating flexibility, but at the same time, there are still multiple industries um, and things that do have to get done where employees do have to be on site. They do have to be in the trenches. They do have to be hands on. Yeah, it's a great question. But here's the thing. I don't know why there has to be a line anyways. Right? There should never be kind of a line, right? Well, why do we have to, why do we have to be so... What if we be, be, be so, so dramatic and call it a line? I mean, here's the thing, right? I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago for the oil and gas industry. Yeah. One of their biggest challenges is they're losing oil workers. Right. Like the average length of an oil worker is maybe just two years. They're like, how can we extend that? Because they can't find enough workers to fill it, right? And so they now have to think about other ways, that other things that they can do to help kind of extend that. And that's not a bad thing. Because remember, here's the thing. Right now, turnover before the pandemic, before this whole great resignation thing happened, Turnover was over $30 billion a year costing American companies. That's tripled now, right? But you lose so much people in terms of productivity. You lose so much people in terms of brain drain that leaves a company. So why not do things to try to help retain those employees? And if it just means that, hey, and by the way, the gas thing, I've read about that. We, 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 we um, let people, you know, every company I've ever been with and every company I know, let's, let's employees compensate, you know, I'm um, sorry, uh, expense gas or, or miles rather. They, they expense their miles, right? When they go on business trips. But, you know, but what's happening now, if they're working from home, you know, what can you do to maybe help support their cell phone bill? Because you know what, they're, they, they are using their cell phone for work. What are you doing to maybe help them with their Wi-Fi a little bit? Little things like that. But because you know what, if they're doing that, you're not spending that money on, on square footage, you know, at, at, at a, um, 
you know, at, at, at an office building, right? So you're going to be off better ahead. And if you can find a way to retain those employees, you're going to be much better. Sure, it might cost you a few extra dollars, but guess what? You're going to save so much more money other ways down the road. And also in present day, like if I look at myself, right? Before the pandemic hit, we were in about 70,000 square foot of office space. You know, nada, we're down to like 12,000 square feet of office space. And we save so much money, we can take that money and reinvest it back into teams. I can reinvest that money back into resources and tools that they might need. I can, I can take that money and reinvest it back into training. It's maybe hiring some other places where maybe there was a bottleneck or maybe some issues that, that were causing so, you know, some, some resource challenges. So, so it's all about how, how you have your dollar and, and how, how you can spend it properly and, and wisely and really take it to really build that culture. I'm not saying you need to bend. I'm not saying you need, you need to literally go kiss people's you know what all the time, but you need to be able to say, look, we're going to do everything we can to create a great workplace for you because I value you. Does that mean every employee is going to be a home run? No. Do some people, do some employees eventually have to leave and you do have to let some people go? Sure. But a lot of times you can, you can have some addition by subtraction. Like if you look at my organization, in the last, I'd say seven, eight months, we've had five people resign. We had three people boomerang back in. So net we're down only two people. Our turnover rate, our voluntary turnover rate right now is less than 3% in the middle of everything going on. You know, I have over two thirds of my employees have been with the company over 10 years. So, and the reason why is because we spend so much time, I spend so much time thinking, how can I do everything I can to improve the culture? Now, the culture isn't just free coffee and donuts. It Culture starts everywhere, right? It's, yeah. do they have the right tools to do their job? Do they have the resources to do their job? Do they have the flexibility to do their job? Do we give them the ability to, to make mistakes? Because they're going to make mistakes without them feeling threatened or feeling like they're going to get fired, right? It's all those kinds of things. And I think all those types of things matter. Do we look at the benefits plan? Sure. How can we improve the benefit? Recently, you know, um, I, I lost my father-in-law and I looked at our bereavement policy. Our bereavement policy was only three days. And I was watching what my wife was doing. There's no way anybody can do anything in three days. So I went back to major. We got to change this. We changed it to seven, eight days, uh, seven days. And so, you know, but it's small little things like that that, that, that matter. We changed our 401k math. We changed, we, we started offering, you know, Roth options. The beauty here is that you don't have to have big home runs to change cultures. Small little, small little things monthly, small little things quarterly all add up. So you don't have to all of a sudden go turn into Apple or Google or Silicon Valley here. Just be yourself and just believe in your team and you'll be fine. Yeah, and I think that um, there's a, a big misconception between cosmetic culture, right, and, and actual company culture. And I talk about this a lot as well, that, you know, individuals think they need to invest in, like you said, bagels, right, you know, Taco Tuesday and that kind of stuff for their employees. But coaching, mentorship, development, sitting down, having one-to-one -one conversations also makes a really huge impact on culture and motivation and positivity amongst the team. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It does. I mean, if you and if you if you if you if you do employee exit surveys, and we do one whenever people leave, and knock on wood, we haven't had too many people leaving, thank God. But when we do, we 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 mine through them. What are some of the big feedbacks? You know, maybe they didn't feel like they had better enough communication from their boss. You know, whatever the case might be. A lot of times when people leave, they're not leaving the company; they're leaving the boss, right? So it's how can you how can you just become a better leader? It's those kinds of things, and it's going to be more important now. Not if you look at the numbers, right? Over the next three years the majority of the workforce is going to be Gen Z and millennial. And in that group, it's going to be women. Yeah. Right. And so they require a different type of leadership. 
you know, they, they want their, and I'm, and I realized that not everybody's going to agree with me on this. And I remember I just said majority, I didn't say everyone. So, yeah. but they want to see what they're looking for from their companies and their leaders is a focus on what I call the Jedi. They want to understand, want to make sure that their companies are there to support what's happening in the world from a justice perspective, environment perspective, diversity and inclusion perspective. Right. So that's what they want to they want to make sure that that's there as well. They want obviously they want to get paid well and they want to have all those things, you know, but they, they want to be able to they want that be a, they want that flexibility. And, you know, and you know what? You know why they want that flexibility? You said it earlier. It's because they all because all these Gen Z kids that all they've all been growing up in a world where they think they could all do a side hustle. They all want to be entrepreneurs. And that's because of social media. Right. So they want to be able to have their job and they want to be able to go home in the evenings or at lunch breaks where the case might be and do other little things on the side to help supplement their income. And the reason why is because they don't think they can afford housing. The reason why is they, they don't know if they can afford to have more than maybe one kid or maybe even two kids or whatever the case might be. Right. So they feel like they have to make extra money on the side. And they have to do other things to support that. So that's why, you know, that, that's why this workforce it's gonna is is looking to jump and try different things and try new things and, and looking for that flexibility and so it's really important that we as leaders if we want to keep keep our uh, companies growing and if we want to make sure that we help minimize that that turnover we got to really focus on that culture and allow people to have that flexibility and, and this is just not me talking I recently spent time with Jeff Garrett he's the new dean at the USC Business School and I'm a USC grad and over yeah. here in LA and Jeff is the guy that built Wharton. Yeah, and he and I were talking about this and this idea of enlightened leadership, and his con his comment to me was pretty enlightening. He just said, "It just is. It just is happening. And there's nothing that you can do to stop it. I can do to stop it. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, doesn't matter who you are. This is happening. It's a natural evolution of the workforce. You're just like how we had a natural evolution of the workforce back in the '80s and '90s. That's the natural evolution here, and we have to be prepared for it." Yeah, and I think that uh, you're right in that leaders need to think more critically and creatively around how they can continue to boost the organization and the productivity without losing its people, right? They're, whether that means that they're sitting down and they're brainstorming for a week or whatever it is or continuing to roll with the time. But I, I do agree with you. I mean, I'm a millennial myself. I do agree with you that it's changing and people want purpose. They, they want something different in the workplace. But I do think it is finding that balance, right? And I know that there's many organizations that struggle with finding a way to keep their employees happy without losing the business itself, right? So it is a challenge that leadership and leadership teams need to continue to work through. Rajiv, thanks for your time today. I want to jump into the power section of the interview and just ask some rapid fire questions. So if you could leave the world, I like to say with one golden nugget, what would your final golden nugget be? You know, that, that, that's a great question. And so look, the one thing this world needs right now, probably more than anything is kindness and compassion. Mm -hmm. We really need that. It's not just, you know, employees need it. People outside the walls of our business need it. You know, the, if you think about what's happened over the last 20 years in our society and you think what's happened for millennials in particular, they've gone through the dot-com bubble burst. They've gone through 9-11, 2007, 2008 financial crisis, pandemic now. They've gone through a lot, you know, that they need to, we need to understand that we have to lead with compassion and be kind. And we need to do that for each other. You know, it's not about politics. It's not about craziness on social media. You know, if we just take a step back, take a deep breath and learn how to be more kind and be compassionate with each other, this will, will all, the workplace and the world will be a much better place. And what would you say is one value that's a non-negotiable for you? You know, to me, the one value that is non-negotiable to me is one of respect and gratitude. 
Yeah. You know, you know, period. End of story. Um, I, I have told my leadership team we we are we are focused on our internal customer first, and that's our employees. And we're going to build a respect and gratitude based organization. If you talk to Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, he's been there now eight years, I think. He'll tell you the number one thing that turned Microsoft around was gratitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally resonate with that. And I have two more questions for you. But before we jump into the last one, when you hear the phrase "rise up for you," what does that mean to you? Yeah, I think that we've been what we've been talking about, right? It's this like, to me, enlightened leadership essentially rising up for you, right? How can I, as a CEO, how can I, as a leader, rise up for you? Not a, how can I help make not just your workplace better for you? How can I make the world outside the workplace better for you? You know, that that to me is what what rising up is, right? You know, I'm a big Kobe Bryant fan. To me, that you got to have that Mamba mentality, and that that's what that is. Yeah, absolutely. Person is the professional. The professional is the person, right? Everything that exists outside is impacting when we come to work. Thank you, Rajiv, for your time today. My final question for you is about you. So, how do we learn more about you? Tell us about your book. Brag even more so that we can connect with you. Oh, thank you. Well, look, if there's anybody that's connected with me on LinkedIn, they're welcome to connect with on, on LinkedIn. And thank you for asking about the book. I, back in November, I released my book. It's right here. There it is. Chase Greatness right there. Awesome. You can see it yeah. right there. Yeah. Oh, right there. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, thanks. And it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, whatever. Um, it's been great. It was the most downloaded leadership book on Amazon in November and December, and it's still getting high marks. And it's making great inroads with you know, I'm a member of a group called YPO, so it's making great inroads with YPO leaders, EO leaders, people in Vistage, kind of all over, the, all over the world. And you know, I'm doing a, a, I'm doing a talk with somebody in India tomorrow night. So it's you know, so it's, it's about the book. So it's really there, and it's really about this idea of uh, of how enlightened leadership and how we as CEOs and leaders need to change. So it's really exciting yeah. to see. But please, you know, if you're out there in the audience and you want to connect, please just connect with me on LinkedIn. Rajiv Kapoor, K-A-P-U-R, it's right there on the screen. So feel free to reach out and connect with me. Fantastic. Rajiv, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us here at the Rise Up For You Workplace Solutions podcast. Again, this is season one of 2022. We have many more fantastic guests that are going to be joining us. So thanks for joining. And thank you again, Rajiv. My pleasure. Thank you so much.